Welcome to Two Girls in a Grape, where we attempt to learn about wine one bottle at a time. I'm Drea, and I desperately need a cocktail. Oh, she do. <laughs> and I'm Jules, and I'm desperately clinging to the last vestiges of Christmas as I sit here and I'm looking at my still green, still decorated tree, but everything else has been put away and is boxed up, ready to go back in the garage. So we're both desperate. This is great. Basically. Great. We're both pathetic. Great start to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, to kick us off, let's start with our reoccurring segment, Cheers and Jeers. Jules, what are you cheersing and jeersing? I'm cheersing to random date days. This week, Rob was around on Thursday. He usually travels during the week, but he was around on Thursday and through a random series of unfortunate events, we ended up going to a thrift store together, and then he suggested going to a little wine shop, our new little favorite wine shop, Clo. And then that turned into, we went out to dinner too. So we just had this like big old date day. And it was super fun. I love that. I really enjoyed it. What are you jerseying? Is it also the date day? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that... Rob would jeers date day because the reason we went on date day was because the pool was closed. So he didn't get to swim. But my jeers is... He was swimming in love, girl. He was swimming in love, (laughs) kind of. Uh, My jeers is related to an errand that Dre and I just ran right before we started recording to go get these amazing subs from this deli in Little Italy here in San Diego. But we came out. And Drea's little Prius is parked perfectly in the spot. The tiniest of all the Prii. Yes. She had to fucking back her car out so I could get in the passenger side because this goddamn monster truck from Colorado has obviously no fucking clue how to park a monster truck, was parked well over his line of the parking space to the point where I I, I don't know what kind of acrobatics I would have had to do to get in the fucking car. Like, there was no way I was getting in that car. I want know what this person looked like like they had to be oh we know what they look like (laughs) skinnier than rob though they probably got out their passenger side door Oh, what a jackass yes and they were probably wearing a fucking maga hat oh god anywho it's already starting it's already starting here what are you cheersing let's bring let's bring this back up oh okay so i am cheersing this is exciting for me to wine! I had my ding, first ding, ding. sip of wine after a 21-day sugar detox. And, you know, I talked a lot of shit last episode about, like, I don't really miss it. That's You know, I was yeah. more surprised I missed the cookie and not the wine. Man, that first fucking sip hit, and I was like, no, I missed it. I missed it. it. I missed it. Uh, so it was delightful, and I was out at... Uh, Hearst Family Winery in San Simeon, and their tasting room is right on the beach. So. Oh, so you broke your sugar detox in style. Oh, fuck yeah. You broke it. Does. You didn't break it because you were done with it. I was You done came it. out of the sugar detox I in style. I celebrate in style. I yeah. love that. So um, it was a pretty good way to, to come back. And she did. She really did. She did a full 21-day sugar detox. She was super good about it. We're all very proud of Drea for that. John was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Uh, so I'll cheers to your 21-day detox. Aww, so just making you. it through the detox. I know. I'm, I'm impressed with You myself. should cheers yourself for that. You get two cheers. Yeah. Cheers okay. and cheers. What are you jeersing to? Oh, I am really tired <laughs> of being constantly cold. <laughs> I am that person. California people yep. problems. I am that person. I can't help it. And I won't apologize for it. 
Uh, my, I, it's been so bad. My dad bought me one of those ridiculous fucking blanket hoodie It's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. Sherpa yeah. lined. It we should put a picture print. on the Instagram. I'll put a picture on the Instagram. Me and that. There's no shame to our game. It's so good. I roll around in, a, in that poncho thing. I so fucking whatever. love it. Yeah. It's so great. Every night, right around eight o'clock, it just shimmies on after dinner. <laughs> that is amazing. And, best. you know, to be fair to us, so people listening who don't live in California, those of you, those of you one person that doesn't live in California. No, there are a few. There are a few. Kendra. Kendra lives in Illinois. So she's probably sitting here going, bitches. Michelle. Michelle lives in Wisconsin. Okay. These bitches in California. Here's the deal, guys. Our houses are no not insulation. built for the fucking no cold. My house is from 1924. There's not a stitch of insulation yeah. nope. in this house. And because, because of fake news, climate change doesn't exist. The temperatures here have steadily gotten colder in the winter and wetter. We're having all yep. this crazy rain. It's supposed to rain again on Monday. And then the summer, we're getting these like massive swings of really, really hot weather where we're not getting that cool down at night that we used to get 10 years ago even. Nope. And the house, okay, I woke up. This week, I had turned the heat off at night because the fucking gas bill was so ridiculous. I was like, fuck it, I'm turning the heat off. It was 58 degrees in the house. With the house buttoned up, closed up, the heat had run like earlier in the and night. Then, poof, and, it was and then it just fucking d- dissipates. Also, you know what? I don't care. Like I said, I'm not apologizing for it. I am that person. And the moment it dips below 65, I'm fucking cold. I want my blanket ready. <laughs> Not sorry. I'm not sorry. Also, I'm gonna double. You had a double cheers. I'm double jeersing. Oh Jesus! I'm my second jeers is truly to the price of gas, like natural gas that we use to heat the home, not gas that you put in your car. There was a report on NPR a couple weeks ago that the the spokesperson for SDG&E, which is our electric and gas company here in San Diego. It's really in San Diego where we're getting fucked (laughs) She said specifically, your bill will be double what it was this time last year. And I'm not kidding you. When I got that bill and we have solar, so our bill did not include any electrical charges. And I couldn't believe the cost of our bill. I was, my jaw did kind of drop. I was like, What? Yeah, so we pay, in San Diego, we pay the highest rate for natural gas anywhere in the country. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep, because there are broken pipelines, which are apparently our fault. Thanks, SDG&E. Fuck. So we, at at our house, we have have two things that run on gas. Two, our stove and oven, which, I mean, I do cook almost every day. So there's that. Yep. And then our heater, and yep. we've just established I am always cold. Yep, so and it has to I, be running. I have a child. I have a thirteen-year-old Chewiegle who desperately needs to be warm constantly. He has blankets for that. Let's be well, honest. Well, you know he, yeah, but I have a seventeen-year-old that needs to be warm, but she's got her sweater on all the time, and she's got her blankets. He has been rocking a sweater lately because he's like, "Mom, this is bullshit." But um, bullshit weather. Our so our electric actually went down. Like, the charge for the electric went down, but our gas skyrocketed. More than double. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, Cheers and jeers. Double cheers. Double jeers.
come to, of course, one of my favorite parts of our episodes, show whinigans. So in honor of our final dry January episode, okay, final, second, second and final. Second and dry. Final. And probably we'll never do it again. No, dry the novelty January, is worn Yeah, it, it, we're done. Dry January episode, we're playing a very special sober edition of Would You Rather? So get ready. You're about to find out exactly what kind of winos we really are. Okay, Jules, I'll start off here. Okay. Would you rather be sober at a wedding or at Thanksgiving dinner with 20 of your relatives? I'd rather be sober at Thanksgiving dinner. Why? My family's really fun. That's true. And I mean, we all like to drink, but I could have just as much fun without drinking. Whereas I've been to some bad weddings. (laughs) I've been to some boring ass fucking long ceremony weddings. I've been to some dry weddings where it's like you got to do what you got to do to find I haven't been to a dry wedding. I have been to a wedding that I had to travel to that then did not have an open bar. Nope. It was a cash bar. Absolutely not. And young 20-something-year-old Jules had a bunch of miniatures in her fucking purse. Oh, I was I was in a wedding once. That was a morning wedding with a brunch reception. With mimosas. That was dry. Nope, absolutely not. So, so anyway, I that's flashed. why I say Thanksgiving. All right, fair. Would you rather be sober at a sporting event or a concert? Okay, well, this is an easy one. A concert. So, one, love music. Want to remember the event. Mm -hmm. Two, everyone who knows me knows I talk an extreme amount of shit at sporting events. (laughs) Yes. And you know what helps with that? Alcohol. So Also, let's be clear. She talks an enormous amount of shit at everything. Not just sporting events. This is true. This is true. (laughs) All right. Would you... This. Oh, here's a travel one. Would you rather be sober... In Las Vegas or Napa? Oh. <laughs> oh, man. I would rather be sober in Las Vegas. People watching in Vegas is amazing, so I could very much, I could amuse myself endlessly in Vegas without yeah, alcohol. there's also a lot. I mean, I feel like... When and alcohol this, in Vegas is fucking expensive. So guess yeah. what? Save myself a little bit of money. Or it's either expensive or it's gross. Um, and I feel like if you go to Napa, you go specifically for to drink. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Drea, would you rather be sober at work or in church? Church. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I had to choose, like... The, the guilty Catholic in me is like, nah, girl, you got to be sober for Jesus. But at work, there are times where it's like, Jesus, I need a drink to get through this. <laughs> in fact, so my the university I work, I work at, they gave um, everyone at the university like a Christmas gift when we got to choose from their little swag shop. Uh-huh. And one of the items they had was a university like um logo corksicle oh right so corksicles are meant for wine and you can pour a whole bottle in them and like you Mm -hmm. take it on your picnic or your hike or whatever and so i was talking to my provost and i was like 
So basically, you're encouraging me to drink on the job because that's what this is fucking got for. Got my logo right? cup. I got my logo cup. I'm good. Got my cup. Fits right on my desk. That's Put it in the desk funny. drawer. And she was like, no. And I was like, well, that's sort of how I took it. So yeah, Robbie's sober at church. That's funny. All right. Jules, would you rather be sober at a funeral or a child's birthday party? <laughs> Definitely a funeral. Agreed. I have a very um, weird habit of nervous laughter. Oh, it's like of drinking in front of small children? <laughs> that too. But that's totally acceptable. My my friends that have kids are totally fine with it. <laughs> They're like, we know what this is. <laughs> I, you know when you get in a situation where laughter is absolutely not appropriate? Oh, you're that person. I'm that person that all of a sudden gets this urge to not just laugh, like guffaw. <laughs> like the hysteric giggle. Hysteric crying laughing. Crying, for peeing yourself. Absolutely the whole, no yeah. good reason. I was sitting at a funeral one time oh, God. and I got this wave of laughter hit me and I was trying to hold it in and my whole body was like, like, the laughter was inside of me, making my body convulse, like, as if I was, like, fucking taken over by the spirit or whatever. Maybe you were. I was a mess. And then the more I tried to not do it, I the more it, like, you out, demon. <laughs> so, I'd rather be sober at a funeral so I can try and fucking control that shit. Drea, would you rather be sober in Mexico or in Paris? Okay, let me just say this about this fucking question. <laughs> Mexico is a fucking country, all of Mexico, and then Paris is a city. How does this make sense? I don't know. Fine. Answer the question. Uh, would you like to change it? Would you like to? Nope. It's would done you now. rather nope. be? Oh, it's done now. It's been fine. recorded. Fine. Whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to say Mexico. Because. But all those margaritas. Yeah, but like. There's beaches, there's good hiking. There's things to keep you amused Occupied, yeah. yeah. There's lots of, like, outdoorsy stuff. Like, if I'm going to Paris... I'm drinking fucking red wine and in a baguette strolling every day. The, Yeah, she's strolling the streets with a croissant in one hand yeah. and a bottle of champagne in the other hand. So, come on. Fair. Fair. <laughs> While she shops for antique antiques and vintage coats. Like, that's what she's doing. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, dear listener, if you played along and you had answers to some of these fun questions, feel free to hop on the Instagram and leave a couple comments of where you would rather be sober in or at. And I think we've learned something from this. Yeah, we're a fucking mess. Yep. I think we've learned that we'd rather just not be sober at all. That too. But I think we've also learned that we're able to critically think through a situation and really determine, like, where, what, what's critical here. <laughs> Priorities. Priorities. Yes. Yeah. We are, we're, we're very capable of prioritizing our drinking. See, I told you I was smart. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody already knows that. <laughs> eh, you'd be surprised. For our final episode in this dry January series of two episodes, 
we a duology. Just, <laughs> a duology? Okay. Yeah. We decided to take a little departure from what we would normally feature. A, we normally feature stuff with alcohol in it, but wine. Oh, I mean, yeah, because we, we talk about wine. Most we went of the time. down that road and it was dark. It was, not, it was and terrifying. Not good. It was not good. Go back and listen to our previous episode if you don't have no fucking idea what we're talking about. Anyway. We decided to kind of hop on the trendy bandwagon of the mocktail. And over the last few weeks, Dre and I have been testing some different uh, brands out there of the quote unquote sort of mocktail mixers. And today for bottle number 49, we are going to be featuring a bottle from Seedlip which uh and it's bottle uh it's the garden 108 108 flavor is the one that we chose the price point for this is 30 dollars. so again the non-alcoholic stuff is not cheap <laughs> yeah i mean you can get like so this is akin to a gin right and you can get a really good bottle of gin for 30 i was gonna say you can get a bottle of garbage gin for $9.99. Right. But for, <laughs> yeah. if you're paying $30, you you're can getting get a good gin. really good gin. You're yeah. getting some imported bullshit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so the ABV on this is obviously not available because it's non-alcoholic. It's also um, sugar-free. has zero sugar. Which is excellent. We like that. Mm-hmm. It was something I could drink on the detox. So... That still made me feel festive. That's, yeah, that's such a good point, too. And I think that so many cocktails have so much sugar in them. Yeah. When you really start to break down in the individual components of the cocktail, when you put in a fruit juice, you've got fructose in there. And then you've got a simple syrup, so then you've got your fucking processed sugars in a simple syrup, unless you're super crazy, like, smart, and you can make a syrup out of, like, non-processed sugars. But... Um, I mean, and then you've got your mixer. Like a tonic water can have sugar in it. If you're using a ginger beer or ginger ale, that definitely has sugar in it. Yep. And, I, you know, so if you're doing... We were just talking about this the other day, I think. Like when you're doing a detox or you're like training for a marathon or when you're doing any sort of um, health thing that needs to be a little bit more restrictive on the sugar side or the carb side or whatever... It's really hard sometimes to go out. It's very hard. And it's hard to like make those healthy choices and then also feel social. Like Jules and I are both really social people. No, we're not. <laughs> we, we, you know, like entertaining. We like having dinners. We like going out to dinner. And so we like drinking. So, you know, it can be challenging, but we wanted to try something that still made you feel like, you know, you were doing good things for your body, but that you were going to go out and so have having a good time. time. Yeah. I'm feeling like I'm I'm partaking in the festivities of a cocktail. I'm participating. Yeah. So, Drea, tell us about the history of the mocktail. Yeah, so I thought this was kind of fun um, as I was taking a deep dive into these. So, mocktail is a non-alcoholic drink designed to mimic a cocktail. So, think festive flavors, creative garnishes, fancy glass, the whole experiment experience now you can't just be like well i've got this diet coke and a lemon wedge like that's a mocktail no it's gotta be fancy <laughs> um like cocktails mic mocktails usually contain a combination of juices 
syrups, botanicals, and ice, right? Like those are kind of the basics. And Jules is going to tell us a little bit about flavor profiles later. But I am. The, I am? You are. <laughs> but, but the history is actually really interesting. So most people attribute the popularization of mocktails to the alcohol-free, sugary Shirley Temple drink of the 1930s which was made supposedly for the child actress Shirley Temple, who, of course, was going to, you know, different places on the Hollywood scene, but couldn't drink. Um, many different locations, in, especially in the Hollywood, Los Angeles area, uh, claim to have created the Shirley Temple mocktail when the young starlet uh, came through their establishment. However, according to an interview with NPR, Shirley Temple Black, the Shirley Temple, admitted that the mocktail was created in the 1930s by the Brown Derby restaurant in Hollywood and that she actually had nothing to do with it. Um, and in fact, she was named after the cocktail. <laughs> in a shocking <laughs> turn of events. Dun, dun, dun. It's a Hollywood mystery. <laughs> it's a Hollywood scandal. <laughs> Um, however, despite the Hollywood connection that popularized the drink, the Shirley Temple was not the first mocktail. Huh. In fact, Merriam-Webster Dictionary notes that the first use of the term was as early as 1916. Oh, wow. Okay. But the history goes back even further. Of course it does. Of course it does. Because, you know, if it's there, I'm going to find it. Uh, modern cocktail mixology is often traced back to the English punch houses of the 1700s and famous 1800 drinks recipes from American bartender Jerry Thomas. Thomas's 1862 handbook, The Bartender's Guide, that's bar-tender's guide, contains a short section of 15 alcohol-free cocktail recipes entitled Temperance Drinks, which I think is... Kind of funny. Hmm. And it includes fruit-studded lemonades, ginger wines, and what they called a drink for dog days in which a ball of soda water is poured over lemon ice. A July 19th, 1892 article in the Journal and Tribune of Knoxville, Tennessee, observed that temperance drinks are almost as infinite in variety as alcoholic drinks, basically. Um... And they said, quote, the greatest variety is to be found at a first class bar. So really, the history of the mocktail is as old as the history of the cocktail itself. Uh, during Prohibition, mocktails really came into their own. Um, desperate bartenders quickly realized that lemonades and coolers weren't going to cut it anymore. And they began to attempt non-alcoholic versions of well-known cocktails in order to keep their businesses afloat. A widely circulated July 2nd, 1919 article told of Virgin Bronx cocktails being sampled in New York City. They were composed of non-alcoholic gin, similar to the seed lip we're drinking today, two kinds of non-alcoholic vermouth and orange bitters. Um, non-alcoholic vermouth is also a very popular drink that you can find on the current mocktail scene. The Mock Bronx cost 15 cents, what? which, but here's the interesting part, was a hard sell at the time considering a real Bronx cocktail 
costs roughly the same amount of money. So, so you know, very similar to what's happening today is exactly. you go and you get your mocktail and you're still spending $15. Yeah, I mean, even if you go out to a restaurant basically. and you order a mocktail, mm-hmm. yeah, they're in that same price range. Uh, today, the mocktail industry, as we've been talking about, is thriving more than ever. Numerous studies report millennials and Gen Z drinkers as leaders of the sober curious movement. And this recent international interest in alcohol-free alternatives continues to create demand for more sophisticated, non-alcoholic cocktail offerings. According to Bacardi's 2022 Cocktail Trends Report, in fact, 58% of consumers worldwide reported higher consumption of non-alcoholic and low ABV cocktails over the last year. That actually doesn't shock me because even in the wine industry, we're seeing more and more kind of low ABV wines Mm -hmm. really get a lot of play. A lot of your natural wines tend to have a lower ABV, anywhere from that nine to 11 and a half percent mark that we've talked about as being on the low end. So that's a trend that we're seeing even in the cocktail industry. And I wonder if this kind of originates out of the pandemic where people maybe found themselves drinking too much and kind of came out of that time. It'll never be enough. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of came out of that time and decided, you know what, maybe I need to kind of cut back a little bit or make some better choices about what I'm doing. That's really interesting, I think, too, because um, for me, it wasn't during the pandemic as much as it was when things opened up yeah yeah then it was like Fucking party! Yeah. yeah and then i was like oh this is not good yeah. not good for my organs yeah. yeah um so businesses as we're kind of pointing out are continuing to respond to these trends in the market and demands non-alcoholic spirits and mocktails are now readily available at many bottle shops and restaurants and bars and are, and more and more people are embracing the movement and offering creative fare for those abstaining from alcohol, but still looking for a little libation in their lives. Um, so, yeah, why not? Yeah, and I think it's important that if someone wants to go out with their friends, but maybe they're not drinking, that the only option isn't just, do you want a Coke? Like, do you want a soda? Or water. Or water. Yeah. Right? Like, or coffee or tea, whatever, you know, whatever. Like, that you can sit and have a pretty cocktail in front of you at dinner, mocktail, and feel like you're still kind of part of and for the any, celebration. Any reason, too. I mean, I have, so one of the fucking saddest scenes I ever saw, I was at this wine bar that used to be up in Cardiff in North County, San Diego. Wine steals. Wine steals, yeah. knew it. And I, this was like, John and I lived up there, and that was like our place. And we were there one afternoon. It was like a Sunday. We had gone for like a late, like a lunch. And there was a bucking baby shower in full swing. And you could tell that the mother-to-be, who was like eight fucking months pregnant Ugh. and clearly miserable. Absolutely not. Like she was the, you could tell she was the first one of her friend group to have a baby. And she's like got this fucking sparkling lemonade or whatever. Yeah. And all of her girlfriends are lit as Boozing shit. it up. Yeah. And she's just fucking pissed. She's just pissed. Well, yeah. Like, Why do you have a 
baby shower at a fucking wine shop. I'm like, you need, first of all, lady, you need to get new friends. Your friends have no clue what they're doing. Second of all, like, this is a great alternative for something like that, too. Because it's very fun, and it's festive, and it's, yeah. We'll go with tea sandwiches. Fuck yeah. Of course. (laughs) Or pizza. Whatever. Whatever. Chips and dip. Chips and dip. (laughs) So, yeah. So, there you have it. The history of the mocktail. And, um... Jules, I know you've got some fun facts about common mocktail flavor profiles. So, in other words, tell us how these cocktails can be made to still taste really good. Like the real deal. Yeah, so part of the idea behind a mocktail is that you are truly putting in the effort and putting together a drink that equally takes the place of a cocktail, right? So when you're mixing uh, a mocktail, you have to understand how to create some basic flavor profiles that use ingredients that complement each other, just like you would with a regular cocktail. So whether you use alcohol or not, there are a few fundamental flavors to keep in mind. Here they are. Sweet. You can make your mocktail sweet with syrup, honey, agave, fruit, and or fruit juice, because adding sweetness can counteract any strong sour, bitter, or spicy flavors. Secondly, you got your sour uh, components, which would be acidic ingredients such as tomato, citrus, vinegar, um, some other vegetable juices that are going to add some sourness, sourness, I'm not even drinking, (laughs) sourness to your mocktails. And you can balance tart cocktails through slight sweetening. So you're kind of finding the right balance between these two. Next up is your bitter flavors, which would include coffee, cocoa, and grapefruit. Uh, Bitter flavoring can help you imitate the taste of alcohol in your mocktail. So that's kind of important if you're really trying to give yourself that experience of having a cocktail. Then you've got your spicy which would be uh, maybe a dash of chili, ginger, wasabi, hot sauce, which are going to give your mocktails that kick. Spicy ingredients can also help create a perceived warmth in a beverage, sort of like when you have a whiskey cocktail and you kind of feel that kind of warmth in your chest, sort of that heat kind of going down your throat into your chest. So that's what spicy can help accomplish in a mocktail. And then finally, you have your salty flavor profile, which you can accomplish by using sea salt, olive brine, olives, a saline solution, or really any other savory flavors that will give your mocktail a salty twist. Um, But also, just like with when you're making food or making a cocktail, adding a little bit of salt can enhance the other flavors that are happening in your drink. And one thing that I will say about the, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, but the the seed lip formula that we are drinking today has a very herbaceous kind of, um, we called it almost like a pickle, like vinegary kind of undertone to it. And light notes of pepperoncini. <laughs> yeah, that's what we said. Well, that's what Drea said. And the cocktail that Drea came up with, which we'll you know get into um, a little bit later, definitely balances that out. So it really takes into account these flavor profiles and how you can balance them out to achieve something that 
you prefer, right? Do you want something that's a little bit more on the sour side or do you want something that's really sweet? And you can have control of that, but you have to make sure you're kind of mixing things in a way that um, will help them work together. And I think it's all, like you hit it on the head, right? It's all about balance. Mm-hmm. And so really finding that, striking that balance and all those flavor profiles, just like you would do with a, a finely made cocktail, mm-hmm. right? Um, when you, you know, when you go You don't out, just throw a bunch of shit together. No. Like you really think about the components of the drink that you're making. Exactly. And like, you know, classic cocktails are classics for a reason, right? Right. They have the, so like you take a Negroni, for example, um... Three ingredients, standard measurements, like they're like that for a reason. Mm-hmm. You throw something off though, and you're like, ooh. Like, this doesn't taste good. Exactly. So, really, it's all about balance. Yeah. Drea, tell us a little bit more about Seedlip and kind of the history of this particular brand of mocktail. So the history, or mocktail mixer, are we calling it a mocktail mixer? Or a what non-alcoholic spirit. Okay, non-alcoholic spirit. Spirits. Um, so, <laughs> Seedlip's interesting. The the history. As I was doing the research, I was like, this is not what I expected, and yet at the same time, exactly what I expected. <laughs> yeah. Type of thing. Um, so Seedlip was founded in 2014 by I fucking love this so much. A former luxury brand designer. I don't even know what the fuck that means, but it's hilarious to me. Named Ben Branson. And today, it's one of the most well-known non-alcoholic spirits on the market. uh, And as we mentioned, is comparable to a gin. Uh, If you are on social media, Instagram, this shit is all over the place on there. I mean, it's really gotten a lot of... um, FaceTime and social media. I've also seen them on multiple like TV shows and uh, Seedlip has one of the largest footprints in restaurants and bars too. So, you know, they're, they've really risen to the top of that non-alcoholic spirits um, industry. The name Seedlip and that's S-E-E-D-L-I-P comes from the word Seedlip. S-E-E-D-L-E-P, which is a basket for carrying seeds while sowing fields. So I thought that was kind of clever. Okay. You know. uh, Jules is less, less impressed than uh, I was, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. Uh, Seedlip made its debuts, de- debuts, made its debut. It's Thank one you. debut. It's one debut, just mm-hmm. the first. Just the one. one. Just that's, the debut. That's the nature of a de- debut. Just one time. In <laughs> Selfridges in London on November 4th, 2015 the first handmade batch of a thousand bottles sold out within three weeks jesus the second batch of a thousand bottles sold out in three days and the third batch was snapped snatched up via an online sale in just about 30 minutes see this is when as a marketer i'd be like okay the price is gonna have to go up I bet it did. We're going to make more money off of this. Clearly. I mean, I bet it wasn't always $30 a bottle. Um, What's interesting to me, though, about it is that the process for making Seedlip is nearly identical to that of making gin. It undergoes a six-week maceration, distillation, filtration, and blending process. Um, What is different, though, is that each individual botanical ingredient is distilled separately and then they're blended um this results in a drink that is devoid of both 
alcohol and sugar. So that's how they get out of that's that whole the sugar. Secret yeah, sauce. that's the secret sauce, exactly. But I also just like I you know, someone who really enjoys wine and enjoys spirits and really um, enjoys learning about the process of how those things are made, I just really respect this. The fact that they're doing a distillation for each mm-hmm. ingredient. Yeah. Um, and what, like, chemistry must be involved in that to get the balance that they want for their bottle. So today's Seedlip does three different... Um, flavor profiles. The one that we're drinking today is the Garden 108. And again, that's the more herbaceous forward one. There is a citrus one, which I believe is the 42, I want to say. And then uh, there is one that's supposed to be more of like a spicy, smoky one. And that is the spice, I think it's 90... 64? 94? 94. 64. 94. Yeah, so it's spice 94, uh, the citrus, the grove, excuse me, 42, which is the citrus one. And then this one is the garden 108, which is the herbaceous one. You can purchase all of them at seedlipdrinks.com. Um, also, most higher end bottle shops have them now as well. We found this one at our handy dandy local Total Wine. Should we try it? Yeah, should let's we, let's we try. Make, uh, should we should we make some cocktails? Let's make no oh. mocktails. Oh, sorry, right? We're making mo- mocktails. Okay, fuck me. I'm sorry. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> she got aggressive. So um, that escalated quickly. With that, everyone, we'll be right back with your mocktail. Please enjoy this classical music while we shake things up in the kitchen. So again, the bottle that we are sampling is the Seedlip Garden 108, and the description on the website is, it is a fresh herbal blend of peas and traditional garden herbs, including rosemary, thyme, and spearmint. Uh, And then under the ingredients list, we notice that it also includes things like hay, peas, and hops. So... Highly intriguing, I think, in terms of a flavor profile. So we did sample it kind of on its own to start. And um, Jules, what were some of the aromas that you got from the Seedlip Garden? I definitely got like a very, very, very strong hit of cucumber, but almost on like the pickle side of cucumber. Not, not, it didn't smell like a pickle, but pickled Pickled cucumber. Like dill. I mean, I know that pickles are pickled cucumbers, but there's a very different, (laughs) there's a distinct smell to me because I do not like pickles at all. Really? I hate pickles. I think they're disgusting. Don't even fucking touch the burger on my, on my fucking hamburger. Jesus. Don't touch the bun on my hamburger because I will like freak out. I I think we've had enough of this dry January. We coming in hot. I (laughs) do not like pickles, but I like pickled things. It's like I like pickled onions and I like beets. You know that those are pickles. They're just pickles with a different different veg. I think it's because pickles, like pickles in a jar, are not simply pickled. Do you know? Like I think there's always like something extra. There's so, an extra process that happens with pickles that gives them not just a, it's not a pickled cucumber. It has a very different flavor than 
I have put cucumbers in like vinegar to pickle them and it does not taste like a pickle. It sounds bizarre. I know, but anyway. I'm just staring blankly. <laughs> she it's is fine. totally just fucking staring at me and I hate it. <laughs> because in my head I'm making sense, but obviously I'm not. Anyway, so cucumbers like, okay, so cucumbers. and like the vinegar smell of So good pick, pickle. Pickled vegetables. Not pickles. Okay, so good pickles, not bad pickles. Shut up. I'm just I'm trying to simplify. You know what? Fuck off. <laughs> I need a drink. Alright, so pickles. Um mocktail bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely picking up on the cucumber, definitely getting that pickled those pickled back notes. Um, but I get more like peppers. Like Bell pepper, pepper. Well, you said pepperoncini, yeah. Yeah, like again, like a little bit of spice, like something yeah, with a spicy hit. To something it. that has a little yeah. bit of spice. So I don't know if that's coming from the 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 herbs or what, but yeah, it, it's it's definitely. So for those of you who've been following along on the Instagram, I've been sampling a bunch of different mocktails, and I also tried their citrus um, one, the Grow Forty Two at home and that one doesn't have anywhere near as distinct a smell as Mm -hmm. this one does so um that was the first thing like right out of the gate that i was like okay we're dealing with a different animal here Mm -hmm. okay now for taste what did you think we didn't taste it by itself bitch you're not supposed to say that on the podcast but we should have done that pause it please pause (laughs) dear listener Please hold. Okay, so we are back with... Stupid little tasting glasses on the seed lip garden 108. I couldn't lie to you guys. Oh my god. I had to be honest. Pretend they're robbed for fuck's sake. Oh, I could have done that. <laughs> Alright, so now that we officially have a taster, so all we did was we poured it out over ice. some ice. And in the I guess new tradition of being transparent. Jules is just chugging away at her. So, all right, Jules. Now that you've got your taste test that you wanted, what what are we tasting? You know what's really surprising is that it doesn't have nearly as much flavor as it does smell. Like the flavors are very, very mild. I expected this to be a lot more punchy. Based on what it smelled like. So you're absolutely right. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> Everyone, she agrees. Well, so it's really... It's interesting. Here's the weird thing. How mellow it is. Yeah. And so the flavor, not not the flavor profiles, but like the, the punch of the flavor is... This is like what the citrus one is. The Grove 42. Yeah, where it's like very mellow. It's very subtle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. It's very these, cucumber. It is forward. very cucumber. But like not pickled cucumber. Not pickles, everyone. Just plain cucumber. Like cucumber water. Yeah, it's like would spa taste water. Like, yeah, it's yeah. spa water. This is spa water. Like cucumber and... In a good way, though. I get more of like the thyme 
fl- flavor in terms of herbaceousness. Mm-hmm. But I am curious to see how the mocktails that we're concocting change these flavors or enhance them. Yes. All right. So now we have officially done the taste the test. The taste test. Let's move on to our mocktails. Perfect. So, Jules, why don't we start with yours? So my choice, I really wanted to keep it simple and give this non-alcoholic spirit kind of um, an opportunity to show me I love that what it would what it would be like in, as a gin and tonic, which it, to me is sort of the most basic, common, probably widely known gin drink. Would also, be a gin and tonic. This is a pretty loaded ballsy choice because Jules and I both love a fucking gin and tonic. Well, that's like, also why I chose it. It's, it's one something of our jams. I really enjoy. It's like it's my also everyday cocktail. really simple to put together. You don't need any special syrups or yeah. you know, any, anything. And, you know, you can really just get your, you can go to the drugstore and get a bottle of tonic water. Well, and it's all about, like, let's be honest, the, qual- the gin and tonic is all about the quality of the gin. Right. Right? Like, it's you've got to start with that good base. Otherwise, it's wah-wah. So, yeah, this is yeah. So, this I is wanted to choice. do gin and tonic. So, this is seed lip and tonic. And we used a fever tree tonic, which Mediterranean is... Mediterranean one, right? Yes. Yeah. Which is a really high-quality tonic. So, we went, you know, we wanted to kind of give it its fair, fair shake. And then two ounces of seed lip, and then I went and picked uh, lemon off of our lemon tree, so very fresh lemon wedge, and then ice, and mixed it up. All right. So and what did we think? I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really mm-hmm. refreshing. It was very easy. Uh, so as someone now, to be fair, I have a very particular taste when it comes to gins. Um, I tend to, shock of the century, really enjoy a Mediterranean-style mm-hmm. gin. So those tend to have a much stronger kind of herbaceousness, like less on the juniper side, more on the herbal side. Mm-hmm. Um, and tend to have a little bit of that, like, cease, like that salinity almost to them. Um, and so I am kind of a picky bitch that way i'm sure this shocks everybody entirely everyone everyone's shocked uh but i really enjoyed this i thought you know it wasn't gin but it was very refreshing how about you i know it wasn't gin but i quite honestly thought if you put this in front of me and didn't tell me that it was not a gin drink i would have said that that was a gin and tonic like a proper gin and tonic Okay. Obviously, after a hot minute, I'd be like, there's no alcohol. But, you know, you would like, but the, like, flavor-wise, I really thought it was a really good substitute for a gin and tonic. Absolutely. You know, and the other thing I thought of, too, like, if, so, at home, John and I are simple folk. We are either No, they're fucking not. (laughs) Don't believe a word out of her lying whore mouth. We are either drinking wine um, or like sparkling water at dinner time, right? Like those are our two go-to mm-hmm. choices. But that seed lip and tonic, I think that would be a great substitute for the sparkling water. Like with something if you wanted a, something with a little punch, yeah, a, a little, little bit kick. more festive. Yeah. yeah. Also, 
this is going to be a really good summer drink. Yeah, for sure. When you're outside, it's, it's a, a nice million day. fucking degrees. You want to have something more than just plain water or just a LaCroix. You want to add a little punch to it, but you don't really want a drink drink. Because it's a million fucking degrees. And also just maybe it's a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, I mean, Not that, that that's ever stopped us before. I would say that. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. <laughs> okay, let's move on to our second mocktail, which is one that Drea um, so very creatively kind of devised on her own. So, Drea, tell us about what you decided to do with the Seed Lip Garden 108. So, in a previous iteration of my life, I did a lot of, like, cocktail design stuff. And um, this... You know, I, I actually hadn't tried it. This was the first day we cracked open this bottle. And so all I could do was sort of read about the flavor profiles and hope that my idea worked. And I'm calling this the West Coast Winter in honor like of where we are. And it is pretty citrus forward. So I use three ounces of the Seedlip Garden 108. Uh, <laughs> you could use a, either you know, a half an ounce of simple syrup or one bar spoon of agave nectar, but some sweetening agent, you don't need a lot of it. Uh, you, I wouldn't use honey just because that's gonna make it, I think a little too on the floral side. So stick with the agave or the simple syrup. Uh, three quarters ounce fresh grapefruit juice. This is citrus season. So this is a great way to kind of drink seasonally. Cardamom bitters. Um, you've heard me say on this podcast before, bitters are the best way to really jazz up your cocktails and your spritzes. Uh, and this one, I used a little bit of applewood smoke salt. Just a dash that I actually put into the cocktail shaker. And so you throw all that into your shaker, you shake it up, um, and we serve this up in a coupe with a large spherical ice cube and a sliver of grapefruit. You could also garnish it with rosemary too. I think that would be nice if you have that or one. Thyme, or thyme. Thyme is yeah. one of the flavor profiles. So you yeah. can make this as fancy as you want. Um, but though that's the cocktail mocktail I came up with. And Jules, what'd you think? It's freaking delicious. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, I, I impressed myself. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. this was really, really good. And again, I just, it's so funny to me because trying the seed lip by itself, it doesn't have a ton of flavor, but when you mix it the way Drea's mixed it up, it brings out all these flavors that are in the flavor profile of the seed lip, like in the way it's described. And you can really taste those different flavors when you mix it with the grapefruit juice. Yeah, and one of the things that I noticed too with this is, you know, just working off the smell when I first mixed it up, I was like, oh man, I don't, I don't know how my plan's gonna shake out here. But the addition of the grapefruit, so that's those citrus notes, that bitter note, um, the cardamom, and that smoked salt really just balance out kind of the that good pickle vibe and that more like kind of cucumber vegetable focus backdrop to this particular um, spirit. And yeah, I. I think it's I think this cocktail is a great alternative for people who aren't drinking that's still really festive and really delicious and, and it is really good I mean you really do feel like you're drinking a cocktail so I think that 
from both of the girls here get, gets two thumbs up, unlike our previous episode with the dealcoholized wine, which got 5,000 thumbs down. Way down. It's disgusting. So far down. This is much better. Yeah, this is, this is a win for us, I think. It is a win. So I think you mentioned it a little earlier in the broadcast that you picked this up at Total Wine. I did. You can also, if there's not Total Wine in your area, though, you can purchase it direct from seedlipdrinks.com. And they have a 20% off uh, sale right now. Yep. So For a dry January. So get while it's hot, be a everyone. Good time. And if you do try their uh, non-alcoholic spirit, uh, let us know what your favorite is. Their website's cool. It has a ton of really great mocktail recipes. recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have their own mocktail recipe book that you can purchase. And they have gift kits. So if you're looking to buy for someone, you can get like a bobble or two and the gift kit. They also have mixers, all that sort of good stuff. So if you try one of their cocktails or you try one of their own or your own, share it with us. Give us your recipe. Um, tell us what you did. Tell us how it tasted. You can follow us on Instagram at Two Girls and Great Pod. That's T W O Girls and Great Pod. Or email us at Two Girls and Great Pod at gmail.com. And before we cheers, I'm going to add one more thing. I just thought of this. Going back to your story about the baby shower at Wine Steals, uh-huh. I think that this would be a really fun baby shower gift for. One of your girlfriends that that you know, like, really enjoys a cocktail and likes to go out is to get her one of the kits off of the website, maybe get her the recipe book so that she can be festive and still feel like she's hanging with the girls and having a little cocktail. And because there's no added sugar to this, it's, you know, I think that it's a healthy alternative for someone who might be pregnant or, you know, someone that's just maybe trying to cut back. But I think this would be a really fun baby shower gift. Yeah, that would be great. That just is totally something different and unexpected. Wait, you're not pregnant, are you? <laughs> Deer in headlights. <laughs> so, everybody, that emoji where the the smiley face is all of a sudden, like, the eyes are, like, coming out of its head. That's me right now. No, we're not pregnant. Okay, well. So, with that. With that. Salud. Salud. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>